How many, just by way of hands raised, have experienced an increase of God's grace in the realm of your devotional life over these first couple weeks? There are many, many hands raised. I'm telling you, it's off the hook. It's like we should fast all the time. (laughs) Is this thing working? I had some yeses to that. There, there is just a wonderful grace that God, I mean, oh man, whew, that he is just releasing over our church as we are pressing in to be a merry church that lives at his feet. And once we see him, behold him, are ravished by a vision of his glory and his power and his might, I'm preaching right now, out of that place we discern his voice and we go and we put our hand to the plow where he tells us which field and how long and where. Amen. Amen. And so there is just a wonderful grace. And as your pastor, you know, I've prayed for the church, obviously, over all these almost three years. But I just want you to know, I say this not out of any other reason. I've been praying for you like I never have in pastoral ministry in 10, 15 years. Just contending for God to touch our people. Like, I see you in my mind's eye. I'm crying out to the Lord to just anoint your heart that whether you are a nine-to-fiver or a stay-at-homer or a retiree or soon-to-be-retired, that the Holy Spirit would open your heart to receive the present reality of Christ in your life every day. I've just, I've just been, I just have the, just the unbelievable privilege to partner with God for His church to be radiant, beautiful, and triumphant. And it's just been an honor, and I say that, I really mean that, it's been an honor. It's been it's been really good. Amen. So during one of those times, I'm trying to conquer. Everyone, the, I believe the year, the word over the year is we've got to conquer the battle within or the land within so we can conquer the world without. I just really believe it's a year to conquer in the realm of the devotional life. It's a realm to conquer in the realm of character. Everyone know what I'm talking about. It's a, it's a, it's a year to conquer in the realm of compromise. Come on, I'm preaching right now. It's a year to, to, to conquer in the realm of indifference. I mean, I kind of know that he's Lord, but it doesn't really make a difference in my operational life. It's a year to conquer. Come on. It's a year to finally go into our inheritance as a people. Like, there comes a time when you're tired of looking at the backside in front of you in the wilderness marching around, when the Lord's like, if you let me conquer the most contested piece of real estate in the world, which is your heart and your mind, if you let me conquer that, there's no telling to where I can take you on the other side of the river. The problem is where the war rages is right here and right here. For space, for allegiance, for affection. And as I was praying... This week, in the prayer room, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to conquer new areas of prayer. I was 18 years old, and I was in a little dungy old house that my, my sister had just gotten married. She, uh, she had a, one little kid, and I don't remember why I was there. I believe I was house-sitting. And I was reading, I remember reading a book by a guy called E.M. Bounds. Raise your hand if you've heard of E.M. Bounds. There's my old senior saint, and young saints. Saints is not age-specific, Amen. Ian Bounds is what many call the apostle of prayer. He's written more books. I remember it was a big, this thick. I mean, I was so, it was so intimidating. <laughs> this big. <sighs> to scale up there. This big. Okay, this big. And it was called The Complete Works on Prayer. Pink cover. I don't know who did the graphic design, but anyway. And I remember I had, this is before I got smart, because I, at this point in my development of Christ following, I was a highlighter with a bright, shiny highlighter which eventually 
tires out your eyes. So I then have since gone to a pen. Am I talking truth to anybody today? Highlighter to pen transition. God bless you in that transition. And I remember as an 18-year-old, freshly surrendered at 16, spending an hour, trying to spend at least a lot of time in the Word every day and getting up before school to pray for an hour. I remember reading the Apostle of Prayer. This is before I was a pastor. Just in my sister's dungy old house, reading this book. I remember the Lord's just reading this book about prayer, and I thought, whatever I do with my life, Lord, I want, I want to be this. I want to be a man and a person that prays and sees heaven shake and the earth respond to the glory of God. I remember just as 18, and I've been on a journey for 16 years since then, almost 17, where there is still realms that I am not satisfied in the realm of prayer. And so this fast, I've been saying, Lord, conquer new ground in me so that I can partner with you in a greater capacity in the place of prayer. So you may have your battle. That's what your pastors, I'm, do I pray? I, oh, oh, yes. And I'm not saying that lightly. I pray all the time. I have great devotional times. But as it pertains to times and seasons of sitting before the Lord and partnering with his heart, I'm in a battle, but we're going to conquer. And so I like to say it, I have, some of us have secret place flab that the Holy Spirit needs to tune to find muscle. Am I talking truth to anybody? We got, we got flab in the realm of attention. Come on. We got realm in the, 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 we got flab in the realm of consistency. Come on, somebody. We've got flab in our spiritual DNA in the realm of partnership, waiting until he speaks and says and moves. But how many know, where there is flab, there can be muscle with enough repetition. Let's get out of this metaphorical land of exercise. Because I'm getting convicted. What's your battle this year? What are you trying to ask the Lord for help to conquer? Just pause right now and write it down. Maybe you haven't had a chance. We've been talking about it for weeks, but maybe you've not grab your smartphone, grab the piece of paper, grab the, new, the cornerstone doodle pad in front of you. Right now, pause. Lord, what, it is, what is it that you want me to partner with you to conquer this year? It's 30 seconds. I guarantee you something will probably pop right in your head because <laughs> the Spirit is really good at revealing. <sighs> And maybe in a moment of bravery, not long, I'm talking because I don't have a lot of time because the Rams play a little bit, and I know some in this room might throw tomatoes at me or something, or whatever you're carrying, or actually DVR, you guys don't want to watch commercials anyway. What is it? Let me just hear a couple. I'm going to hear it from our people. What's he calling? What's he asking to partner with his spirit in conquering this year? Just real quick, one-liners. Self. What else? Fear. Value. Value. Is that what you said? What did you say? Okay, what did you say? Doubt. Awesome. Thank you. Someone else? Stress. Trust. Conquering and trust. Are we anyone else in that battle? Okay. What else? Huh? Justice. Authority. Courage. Devotion. Forgiveness. Distraction. 
that his word will work in my life. How many know all of these things? I could give you Bible verses, little bullet, bullet. These are all central to his heart. His people are meant to conquer in these realms. No, we're to be more than conquerors in these realms through Christ Jesus. Oh, here it is again. You know when you're about to start, I haven't started the message yet. And it's such a good message. Oh, it is, because it's all about the Jesus and connection. So let's do, let's do two-part message. How's that sound? Can I do part one today? <laughs> it's not funny, you people. I was rebuked very handedly by several people a couple weeks ago when I kept apologizing. So I'm not going to apologize in this message. But I am going to make, I'm going to make, uh, we're going to make progress. So this week as I was up there praying and worshiping and journaling and just thinking about our people and God's heart for this season, I was, from our Bible reading, taken to a psalm, taken to a passage, and I landed in Colossians. And the Lord does this for me and with me regularly. I go through journeys and seasons in the book of Colossians. It's, it's a, a letter in the New Testament of the Bible, and it's really known for championing the supremacy, sovereignty, sufficiency of Christ as it pertains to his lordship over all creation. And I remember about 13 years ago when I was a college pastor, man, the Lord reminded me of this this morning. I was leading one of my first mission trips ever. And I, took, I, was, I was actually responsible for human lives on a trip across the country. I know, as a 23-year-old or whatever it was. And I still remember we stayed in this dungy church and, you know, that had rat infest. I don't know if it had rat infestations. Probably. It's in the city. And I still to this day remember, this, I'm just giving you testimony of, of, of the, the, the truth of my claim that he's always brought me back to Colossians over the years for renewal and to just ring my bell in the realm of love and devotion to Jesus. I still remember eating a bowl of cereal and being so deeply moved in like the leader's room of this old dungy church in an early morning devotional setting before we went and served. 13 years ago, the Lord reminded me of that memory. Literally going through Col- and just being moved again. So, you know, as I was reading the book, it's only four chapters. I listened to it on the audio Bible yesterday. It took 15 minutes. I really want to encourage you to listen to it this week. Listen to it, read it, memorize it. I want to memorize it this year. Uh, Colossians Club. I'm going to start a club, and we're going to try to memorize the book together this year. Who wants to join me? Anyway, we can talk after the service. You don't want to, it's, it's, it'll be work, but it's good work. And I'm listening to this letter, and mind you, this letter is written by a guy in prison for preaching Jesus. <laughs> How many know it's easy to talk about him when things are good, and they're all, everything's in, the ducks are in a row, and the bank account's looking sweet, and your health is well, and your finances is well, and your relationships are dialed in. It's a whole nother thing to, by the Spirit, pin one of the most magnificent pieces of literature in the world history about the glory and beauty and power and work of Christ on behalf of all the earth. And I just, I was ruined as I read it up there with my journal. And I'm thinking of a man, probably with festering wounds, having a encounter with Jesus in the prison cell 
And I thought, man, if it's good enough for a guy in prison, it's good enough for a guy in Santa Maria in a prayer room. But as I read the letter, and there are many points to it. Oh, there's many points to the letter. (sighs) Many points. To me, the letter hinged on one verse. One verse. And I think it's the ultimate place of battle. Everyone say, the ultimate place of battle. And it's in Colossians 2.19. I believe the battle plan, that there, there is a battle plan the Lord is releasing for Cornerstone Church. Yea, the church in the nations to maintain and protect constant connection and friendship with Jesus. Let me say that again. God is releasing strategies that are not new, they're old, but we're rediscovering the centrality of maintaining a posture, whether you're in your 9 to 5 wearing your Superman hero, when you get home from work and your kid thinks you're amazing, or whatever, Whatever you're wearing, whatever name is on your name tag, or whatever you're doing, that there is a place that God desires His people to live out of constant connection with Jesus. I mean constant. How often? And I love this. Here's why. I'm just going to hang this, and then I'm going to preach this message next week. The whole message. But I'm going to seed you with this, and I want you to read Colossians once, twice, some of you are over. Read it five times this week. Shock your mind. Fifteen minutes a day reading a letter. And I'm going to preach Colossians next week, the whole book. And one sermon around eight hours. You're welcome. It's going to help you. But here's where it hinges, because this will set you on a hunt this week. Writing in the middle of the letter, I think it hinges on this. They have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Now, just a little bit of connect context. There are many people, past, present, and future, who think that Christ is not enough. Let me say this again. There have been people, from the time Jesus walked the earth, to the birth of the church, to the expansion of the church and the mission of God and the advancement of His kingdom, there is always a temptation to dilute. And when you dilute and add to, you actually subtract from the power of Christ and Christ alone. And it's no different in Paul's day. There were people, when they heard the good news about Jesus, they had also been formed their whole life to believe other stories about what life was about and about what does it mean to make something of yourself. And and then there was this whole issue of how does Judaism and this newly formed faith, which is not over and against Judaism, it's the fulfillment, it's the continuation and the fulfillment in Christ, the story of how God was going to save and remake the world through Jesus, the King of Israel. And what has happened always, and we do this ourselves, is there are people who said, oh, to be truly connected to Jesus, you need A, B, C, and D. Come on, somebody. You need It's about eating a certain way, especially in a fast. It's about certain rituals, and it's about, you know, going to this club and this secret handshake. And 
And Paul says, when you try to add to the simplicity and the purity of simple devotion to Jesus, you actually end up diluting the waters that were once life-giving, but now as you drink them, it's like drinking sandy water. Does anyone drink sandy water or, or gross? Or worse, so there's that category of people where you try to mix Jesus with different religious offshoots and secret knowledge and, and you try to add Jesus to the, or the, the uh, here's the other category of people and how we lose connection to Christ. We don't take serious enough his claims as Lord and God who smashes all of our other idols and visions and versions of God. So what's worse to you, where do you find yourself? I'm trying to add Jesus to my already busy religious life, or I think Jesus is just another option on the religious smorgasbord. I don't really take his claims seriously. He's just one of the many options to pursue and to choose. And Paul finds himself standing in the gap. Look at this posture. He's, he bore his cross. Literally standing in agreement with Jesus that if the church loses connection to Jesus, she has lost her very source of life and purpose. If we lose connection, everyone say, if I lose connection, I lose everything. Anyone not have been on a phone call before and I've done this too many times. Where you're pouring out your heart to the person you're on the phone with. Two minutes later, you look down and realize AT&T is no longer tracking how long your phone call. Because you lost connection. Am I talking to anyone today? Or how about when you are in a hurry because you're running late and you got to print one more thing off the internet, but before your computer lid opens up and it's connection to your internet, when you go to your internet Safari browser, you type in because you're going to be late for the meeting, you try to download, but the first screen you're met with is, sorry, you're not connected. And then you hit Command R because I know all the secret shortcuts and the secret handshakes, and I Command R it, but still not connected. And I'm telling you, beloved, the word for this weekend, the word for this week, and then the hunt you're going to go on this all week. You and I cannot survive long. The bummer is we can survive enough because of our affluence and our abilities and gifts and graces. At least it's surviving in our mindset, not heaven's. You and I cannot live apart from a real, tangible connection to Jesus. And when I dilute it and think it's about this secret and that super thing and addition, or if I don't take the claims of Jesus serious enough and just think, oh, it's for some believers and not other believers, but right here in the center, in the center of his heart, you and I are meant to live with constant connection to Jesus. So, very practically, very practically, and I'm going to preach this next week, because it's going to be so excited if my I always say, I don't always say my, but this church, our church, Cornerstone, the church I'm pastoring, I can't imagine what next Sunday is going to be if you live in Colossians with me all week and I can actually preach the book. But here's the challenge, practically. Get your pens out for all you practical people, your pencils or whatever. How, I ask this, how do I connect with Christ? How? I really want to challenge you this week. Really, really, really challenge you. Prioritize time with Jesus this week. 
Now, if, how do I know if something's a priority to you? Answer me, answer me that question. How would I know? It's where you spend your time. I talk about it. What else? It's what I do first. First thing. What else? Your thought. How about this? It probably made your calendar. How many know we miss every target we fail to name and aim at? So practical point number one for all your practical people, right now, ask the Lord, where is that space, place, and time that I'm going to purposely connect with you this week in a specific time slot? Do you have it in your mind? Just right now, 10 seconds. 10 seconds. Just to give you some ideas in case you're not a morning person. I'm a morning person. Maybe it's at lunch. Maybe it's audio Bible on the way to work and you tune out the noise. Maybe, does everyone have something right now as a very practical, everyone can hit the mark this week that God is showing you right now that there is a specific place, time that you can connect with Jesus this week? Raise your hand at me, just so I know. Let me hear a couple. When? Nine to 10 in the morning. I love the specifics. To me, my, I, I, that... How many know, and part of what Paul's combating here in Colossians 2, this is very practical, is he, for all those who try to make Christianity this out of reach, ethereal, how many know following Jesus is immensely practical, as practical as your calendar? As practical as your everyday choices, as practical as what, how do I spend my time in my re- So I love the specific nature of what you just shared, 9 to 10. Somebody else, I want to hear it. 4 o'clock. Thank you, Jesus, for someone preparing the way for us at 4 a.m. <laughs> 3 a.m. Ha! <laughs> He's a truck driver, so he has an excuse. I love that. 6.30 to 7. Thank you. I want it to be this practical. Everyone say, Pastor wants it to be this practical. Hey, listen, if we don't mark it down, we won't get around to do it. Come on, am I talking to someone who lives by lists or reminders or whatever? My one challenge this week... Very specific. Mark down. If you never spend time trying to connect with Jesus, start with once or twice. Maybe three times. Start with once. Monday. Grab your calendar. Jesus, I want to start Monday. How many know if we begin to celebrate when we conquer and win little battles, the big battles, the high walls won't seem so big. They won't seem so massive. When we're busy being faithful in the field, when we slay the the lion and the bear with our hands, when we see Goliath, it's not that big a deal. And some of us, if we would just win the battle of prioritization, the whole life of God's kingdom would begin to open up to us in the spirit. That's good preaching. So, everyone get it? What's the number one thing? Make time of connection. Now, what do you do in that time of connection? Three things. Bible. Say Bible. I prefer a journal or a digital. I don't care. Everyone say journal. Who's got a piece of paper? Trick question. Who's got a digital screen? Bible, screen. Some of who, who enjoys connecting with Jesus when music's playing, worship or something? Raise your hand. So maybe your iPad or your iPhone. I'm just trying to be practical here. Candles, that's cool. I like candles, that's cool. I don't ever light them. I guess technically I do. I light my fire, my electric fire, and I stand, I sit there. So fire or candles, hallelujah. It's very practical. (laughs) Pastor, shouldn't you be more spiritual right now? Oh, this is the most, practicality as it pertains to purposely connecting to Jesus is the most fruitful thing you will do your whole Christian life. 
That was a good one-liner. The practicality of setting your schedule and your priority in your heart to consistently check in and to connect. So back to the point. Journal, Bible, pen, or keyboard. Digital or physical. Join us in our Bible reading plan. If you don't know where to read or how to read, join our reading plan. Or how about this? Dig into Colossians this week. Right? Colossians. Practical. I want everyone to win this week. You've got this. On your journal, write the date. Why? Because how many know if we'll begin to treasure every single word, encouragement, scripture that pops out, idea, thought, conviction, revelation, if we'll begin to treasure that, the Bible, there's a kingdom principle that those who are faithful with little, they will become faithful with much. So if you and I will begin to treasure in our little journal, in my little chicken scratch handwriting, when God speaks or when his word jumps off the page, man, what could he do when I'm out in the world, when I really need him to help me, when I'm surrounded, when I'm in my situations? We're trying to create in secret a posture and a lifestyle to live in public. We're cultivating a posture and lifestyle in secret so that who we're becoming in that place is who we're becoming out there. So grab a Bible. So let's, just, let's just say Colossians and read until he speaks. Let me say it again. Read until he speaks. Does everyone know what I mean by that super spiritual phrase, read until he speaks? But Chad, isn't the whole Bible when he speaks? I know all you technicality people. I'm saying when you read and a word leaps off and smacks you in the head. Anyone ever have that happen to you? That's when he speaks. How many of you know the Spirit wants to partner with the written word so that the written word can become a living word when it addresses your heart and your mind? So this is what I, here's what I do. Your pastor who's been following Jesus semi-aggressively with all my heart for 18 plus years. I will read Quiet my heart. Yeah, distractions come. Okay, thank you, Lord. Take that distract. Oh, thank you, Lord. That might actually be from you. You can write your distractions down for all you people like me. And then I'll open the word, and I'll know God wants to encounter me. And how does encountering him in the word look like? The eyes of, eyes of your white, the whites of your eyes rolled back, and he zaps you. Blah. Maybe. That'd be cool. But when I say, Patty helped me this week, when I'm saying we're reading till he speaks, it's just when a word gets highlighted. It's when a phrase, you're like, I've read this 50 times. That happened to me this week. I know a lot of Colossians. I love it. I read it, like I said, forever. But this week, this verse went, and then take the verse, and I'm being dramatic, so you'll laugh and think the church is great and come back next week. But when he speaks, Grab a hold of what he speaks, and that's what you write on your journal. You tracking with me? So I don't have to write everything about, yeah, here's what, you can do that if you want. I don't care what you do. However you're wired to learn and grow. But when he speaks, this is what Chatty's been doing all year with my Yellow Kingdom pages. That's what Pastor Andrew calls them. When he speaks from the Bible reading, I write the verse. What does that verse say about God. How does it point me to Jesus? What does it reveal about his character? Is there a command to obey? An example to follow? A promise to claim? A sin to confess? Simple. 
What does it say about you? And then God, what, when, I, when you speak to me about what it says about you, I know you're going to speak to what it says about me because you want me to look like you. So what's it say about God? Grab the verse. What does it say about him? How does it point you to Jesus? Why does it make worship or adoration or confession swell in your heart? And then what does it say about me? Lord, how, do I, how does this become true of me? And then a good practice? God, how can I live this out? today because how many know the written word is to become a lived word we're not trying to be pharisees that know it back and forth and because of our religiosity we invent thousands of more rules so we can be holy we are a people who read it and then obey it and then become true of what it says all by being connected to jesus so this week and then let's just say colossians because I'll be in it all week. And my Bible reading. You get gold stars in heaven. I promise you, you've got margin in time. You got this. Come on, someone say, I got this. No, like you mean it. We got this. We got this. Prioritize. Start with Monday. And then when Monday closes down because you want to obey Jesus' word, not to give thought for tomorrow, but to seek first his kingdom today because enough to, so that you don't cheat too much, say, okay, Tuesday's coming. But start with Monday. Come on, someone say, I'm going to start with Monday. Right? What my heart, what I am crying out for, and I genuinely mean that all week and these weeks, all year, is that we would be a church so connected to Jesus and by extension each other, because you can never separate connection to Jesus with connection to his body. Let me say that again. It's not a get alone. And you, it's impossible to pursue connection with him and not say yes to connecting with his people. It's not, you can't, it's not even in the Bible. It's not possible. So that we would become a church so connected to Jesus. And as that becomes the centripetal force that pulls us in together to the center, we would encounter his love and presence and he would form us into a people that we might actually be mistaken for Jesus out there. And by out there, I mean at home where you used to blow up when your wife told you to take out the trash after a long day of work and practice, but instead you smile and say anything for you, babe. Come on, man, it's time. I'm preaching now, that's heavy. Woo, that's convicting right there. I might have to live that word this week. <laughs> My prayer is that we would be, we're contending for a connection with Jesus that nothing can break. And if you've lived long enough in the kingdom, maybe you're a one day in or you're 800,000 days in, I'm telling you there is no life outside of him. No life. In him was life. That life was the light of all humanity. He is life. We're going to unpack that next week. It's going to be so good and exciting. So, the very practical battle plan, and I will email. Uh, Emily's put together an amazing resource. It's called SOAP. Everyone say SOAP. I unpacked it for you. Now here's, a, here's an easy thing to memorize. Scripture. Observation. What's it say about God, about people, about His kingdom, all that stuff. Application. How is this going to become true today? This is soap. Easy way to do Bible study and journal. Soap. Everyone say soap. Scripture, observation, application. How, Lord, how does this form me? How can, I, what, how can we live this together? And then P. What's P? Prayer. Prayer. 
Lord, let it be true. Come on, who wants to be squeaky clean by soaping this week? That's a good word right there. Get on your feet with me, please. Thank you, Lord, that you helped me preach one verse this, this Sunday. So that, listen, because next week, hey, you don't want to miss next week. I got a, there's a whole word on the book of Colossians and what, why I believe that verse is the anchor verse of the whole letter. I set you up so you can go hunting, seeking, searching this week so you can come back with fire in your bones next week. So when I preach, there's a pull on the teaching because there's a hunger in the hearts of the people. Come on, i got to preach right now. Last time, last thing. When you come with hunger, it changes the atmosphere of our gathering. Well, listen, whew. When you come filled because you've set the priority to connect with the head, Jesus, and he's causing his spirit to grow good things in your life and to flow through your life. When you come in that place, it changes the relational dynamic in here. It changes the spiritual climate. When there's hunger and there's pursuit during the week, Sunday becomes a celebration for his goodness. I'm sorry, we don't, at pastors, we don't talk about it enough. How we live influences the reality of his kingdom breaking in when we gather. All right, that's a whole other message. I just wanted to encourage you, come hungry. And if you're limping, if you're broken, join the crowd. Because <laughs> we're all trying to conquer. You just named it. We got people conquering the realm of trust in this place. Join the battle we got people trying to conquer this place of doubt. Join the struggle. Get a revelation of Jesus and let him slay your doubt. We are in a battle, church, and the battle is not, is God going to defeat Satan? He's already done that. Tetelestai is finished on the cross. The present battle is in the place of your heart. Will I be connected with him today? Will I give him the place of supremacy so that I can experience his sufficiency in all things? This is the battle. The battle is for this little piece of real estate. And I'm telling you, it's a battle that is winnable through Jesus Christ. I believe it with all my heart. Put your hand on your heart right now. Lord, I cry out that you'd win the battle over our church. Win the battle of this little piece of territory that we call heart. The center of our will and affection and emotion. Lord, put it on your head now. Lord, win the battle in here. Where, Lord, there's always multiple voices. My voice, God's voice, the devil's voice, and then people's voice. Help me to discern when the voice of the Spirit speaks truth and identity and destiny and purpose. Lord, help me to begin to cast down and to take captive every thought that does not reveal and point me closer to Jesus. Father, I pray for victory over our people, over our lives this week in the realm of connection. Father, I pray that we would experience the life that currently flows from our King who was crucified and then vindicated in His resurrection and who currently rules the cosmos from the right hand of the Father. Lord, I pray that our church, Cornerstone Church, would be uh, mistaken for being the connected to Jesus' church and that our lifestyles would bear witness to His whimsome love and compassion and mercy and justice, God. I pray for this connection with Christ, Lord, to, to receive breakthrough this week as early as today and tomorrow morning. Lord, I thank you that you, God, you, God, will win this battle if we agree with your victory. The battle for connection in our hearts. I pray, Lord, that there would just be beautiful times. 
I've painted it up to be some big thing. I've been doing it so long. It's the big thing is consistency. <laughs> Encountering God is a little word, a little thought, a little phrase. And that's a crumb from the, the bread of the Father. And it will nourish you this day. It will nourish you tomorrow in your workplace. As you're taking care of kids. As you're trying to reconcile with your neighbor or your friend. Guys, we live out of every word that he speaks into our heart. And so, Lord, I pray for victory in the mind, victory in the heart, and that we would live connected to you this week. Father, I pray for a hunger, a hunger for Christ and his kingdom this week to be released in our people. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. Amen. I love you guys.